fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, zero to two grams net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O C-O. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. Um, uh, I recently received a message on Instagram from a guy that said that he worked for San Quentin for a year, and he said that he worked alongside Charles Ng. Work alongside, I he mean, was like a jail guard or a prisoner. A, I don't know what he did. <laughs> Are you getting letters from men in prison now? Yes, we're doing good everywhere. <laughs> I am obviously the hottest uh, pinup model for any man in prison because of my body. Yes, of course. Um, but uh, tra- he. He used to see Charles Ng, saw him three or four times, and he said, you know, he heard him talk a couple times, of course, he wanted to, like, check the accent, but uh, <laughs> apparently in jail, his nickname is The Cheetah. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Don't play checkers with him. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. This is the last podcast on the left. I'm Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Do you think that's him calling himself a cheater? <laughs> How would that sound like? <laughs> oh, I cheat. I'm a bit of what maybe, maybe people would like to call a cheater. <laughs> Most fast with my cheating. Never make me the banker. Most, most undisciplined of mine. You're a serial killer, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. But I love Monopoly. I like how wrong it takes to play. And I like how many different ways you can screw over your friends with it because people do not know what I bring to the game of Monopoly. Absolutely not. Um, all right. Well, today's episode, it's. It, I'm going to be I'm gonna be making quite an acting debut yes. in today's episode playing a character called Ed. We're discussing the Gulf Breeze incident and I got to say, this is some of the this is the most fun alien story I've heard. Easily, because it's an actual human involved in it. Like, it's an actual regular everyman, everyday dude. Uh, there were 18 humans involved in the Coronado group abduction, <laughs> but they were also at a conference, so at the same time, that is not, that makes them less human. They were human. at a conference for UFOs. Yes. Didn't that happen in a Best Western? <laughs> no, it was a very fancy hotel. I thought it was a the Best hotel Western. Hotel Coronado it was very, very fancy. Oh, okay. um, I have been inundated with UFOs for the past two weeks. I'm so fucking excited to finally get this idea out of my brain. Christmas is over. Alright, Jesus Christ may have been an alien. He may have been some form of hybrid. Mm-hmm. Or he was the last true human bloodline that would help fight against the normal you know, black nobility that were raised by the reptilians. But we're not going to get into that right what now. What chapter of the Bible was that in? Uh, the, the one that just got uh, chapter 1 verse 3 of farts. <laughs> um... But the Gulf Breeze UFO sighting series happened uh, in 1987 around Christmas time. Oh. So actually, it's very appropriate to do it at this time of year. Is Absolutely. This, is this our version of a holiday episode? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the Gulf Breeze sightings were a series of UFO encounters that were centered around a 40-year-old family man named Ed Walters that occurred in and around the small town of Gulf Breeze, Florida from November of 1987 till May of 1988. May 1st, 1988, when I was four years old. Mm-hmm. That very day, yeah. yeah. And one of the sightings happened on uh, January 19th, my fifth birthday. Oh. It's all coming together. <laughs> I get the feeling this guy wears uh, socks with sandals. Does he, doesn't he seem like a socks with sandals kind of guy? This is definitely a guy who's got those pants that like are cargo shorts, but also pants, but have the zipper to right. make them shorts. It's perfect because in the wintertime, you know, they're pants in the summer. You get it. No, while many claim to have debunked this story completely and thoroughly, yes, <laughs> we feel it is important and a hell of a lot more fun to cover it in its entirety from both side, starting with Ed's own accounts from his book, The Gulf Breeze Sightings. Him and his wife's book, Francis. Mm-hmm. They wrote it together. And oh. a part of that, I think, helps validate his story is that he had somebody that co-witnessed a lot of this shit, who also possibly was just witnessing her husband have a prolonged mental breakdown after faking a bunch of UFO sightings, and then possibly then getting abducted for real. Which I think <laughs> oh. is the story. I think this is cute, though. Couples need things to grow over, to bond over. Yeah, exactly. Writing a book is possibly yeah, it, one of those things. 
things. It could be that she is a witness. Could be that she's an accomplice. We don't know. We don't know. But in the end, what is the difference between witness and accomplice? Uh, one is a witness to a crime. Uh, in your quote unquote, quote unquote, quote unquote. Mm. I'll also say debunk this quote unquote because we're going to find in the second episode of this series that the debunking is just as dubious as the incidents themselves. Yeah. Well, kind of, sort of. No. Well, you know, we could all talk about what real is and what real is not, and we can have a really long, almost boring conversation all about right. that. This isn't the Clinton deposition here. Let's not argue about is and what is real and what's not. So the first sighting came on the night of November 11th, 1987, as Ed was relaxing after a long day at work as a contractor. This guy was very normal. He was a family man. He was a, a foreman on a construction job. He was a contractor. He had his own business. He was a lot like John Wayne Gacy. Yes. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yes. He didn't like to have, and it is true, he used to have movie nights with all of the boys in the neighborhood. He used to come over and they used to watch movies and mm-hmm. he played, they play weird candle games, he called them. But at the same time, I don't think he was a molesty. No, I think no. that he was, uh, he liked to imagine he was also still in high school because those were his glory days. I yeah. do want to delve into what weird candle games are, but at the same time, I don't want to have Marcus have to edit. <laughs> and so, they're not, nothing got stuck. He wasn't oh, I, making well, candelabras. Okay, all right. No, no, no. It was a. <laughs> this show, by the way, this show has ruined me. They're doing construction on my street right now in Williamsburg, and I looked at all the construction workers digging, and I was just like, which one of you? Which, which, of you, which what one? are you hiding? Mm. Oh, look for the one in charge. It's always the boss. Uh. But he was a very successful contractor. Yeah. His business was really up and coming, but he was a nerd. He was just like a guy that he would like to have kids over, and he was also a bit of a prankster, and he was like the guy that wanted to be cool to the high school okay. kids. Yeah, exactly. So as Ed sat in his house, his 10-year-old daughter, 17-year-old son, and wife also at home, Ed noticed a slight movement of light between the limbs of the pine tree that sat in the middle of his front yard. Now, they are also very close to an Air Force base. I believe it's in Pensacola. It's a naval base, actually. It's a naval base. And they have, so he's used to seeing lights outside. A lot of military aircraft is going over Gulf Breeze, but he happens to see something that is a little bit brighter and a little bit wider than he's used to. Kind of like if you accidentally walk in on a Roseanne bar while she's in the bar. (laughs) A Roseanne bar joke. Good bug. Wow. Thank you. Are you Jay Leno? Maybe 94 is Jay Leno. So Ed walked out the front door and saw a glowing bluish gray object gliding through the sky like a cloud. Now Ed rushed back into his house to grab his Polaroid and took the first of dozens of pictures of the alien craft. Now that's what makes this case specific. It's kind of like Billy Meyer, right? Billy Meyer went ahead and cre- he said he saw these UFOs and they gave them special permission to take pictures of them. When you look at those pictures, they're obviously fake. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, these pictures are a little bit better. If they are fakes, they're a little bit better, but what you're going to see now is that this is kind of what this whole case is built on. It's up to, I believe it's 38 pictures that he took of various different locations of of different UFOs. And he took Mm -hmm. these with a Polaroid camera. Now, for those of you who don't know what a Polaroid camera is, uh, it was very popular in... are we that old? Yeah. A lot of kids don't know what Polaroid cameras are. There's a song about shaking it. (laughs) <laughs> Shake yeah. it like a Polaroid picture. Like no, no idea old, what it is. That's an outcast. That's an old reference in itself. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Yeah, dude, that well. song came out well over 10 years ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, the, that was 2003. That was God. 13 years ago. God. Will Carl Malone ever win a championship? <laughs> I love Carl Malone. Yeah, a Polaroid uh, is a camera that would take uh, a picture and you would instantly have that picture. Uh, and in these days, a Polaroid picture, you had to peel a film off, whereas later Polaroid pictures, you just had to shake it and eventually the exposure would come into view. But what he was doing is he was taking immediate pictures of these. So there's no time in the dark room. Uh, yeah, because you see, but Billy Meyer crafted those pictures by overlaying, doing double, with either double exposure or doing these ideas where mm-hmm. he would pl- put these things together in a, in a dark room. And double exposure is possible on a Polaroid sure. camera. It's just very difficult to do. Mm. Uh, so... Back to the But UFO. also, a Polaroid was obviously used many times to take naughty pictures. It is the naughty picture camera. It, if if yes, there is a picture that true. exists of your mother nude, it is Polaroid. <laughs> it is probably a Polaroid. And if you ever had an opportunity to go to an outhouse, and let's just say you dropped your keys and you're, you're, you're behind the old toilet there, you'll find a stack of your grandmother's old Polaroids, <laughs> and they are disgusting. Or you'll hear a push. As the guy who owns the outhouse has been waiting for this moment, he's Wait. like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Now I got a picture, asshole. Oh, <laughs> That'll be seven dollars, or I'm, I'm sending it to the newspaper. <laughs> 
Yeah. The newspapers are all clamoring for a picture of your asshole, mister. I know because I had a dream about it. And that's what happened to the person who was picked up in the beginning of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Uh, yeah, five dollars. It's a good picture. What's the name of that character? Uh, Chop Top. Chop. Yeah. Well, he was known as the hitchhiker in the first one, but Chop Top in the second nice. one. But yeah, exactly. That is the kind of picture. That is the kind of camera that he had. So back to the UFO. Ed said that it was a saucer type craft that seemed as big as a house, but it made no external noise, no hum, no wind, no indication whatsoever that it was actually moving through the sky, nor did it spin like other saucers are said to do. But it's actually more common with UFO sightings to say it. it acts like it's dangles. Yeah. The way they say it, it, it looks like it's being hung by a string, mm-hmm. which is also the problem with the idea of faking it, which is, you know, because if you're going to fake it, you're going to hang it by a string. Right. But they say they bob, sort of like w- w- they're like a top. Which like a they imagine the inside of it is spinning. That's the idea, is that the inside, there's an engine inside of it that is spinning in some way, shape, or form that is an anti-gravitational bullshit machine oh, that just allows it to sort of hop in yeah. the sky. Anti-gravitational bullshit machines. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> now, in most respects, this is a fairly typical flying saucer. It was dotted with what Ed described as portholes, some lit, some not, and there were horizontal lines surrounding the main body. About the portholes, they're not very clear in the pictures because really Polaroid cameras are kind of shitty. They're not good pictures. They're made for parties. They're made for instant moments. They're not made for precision. It's a cool-ass picture, though. When yeah. you take a look at it, you just look up Ed Walter's Gulf Breeze UFO oh, yeah. and you're going to see a fuck ton of them. They're good. They're fun. They yeah. are really, really cool pictures. So the craft had four Four sections. There was a small dome atop the large saucer with a thinner saucer stacked below that, two smaller rings of light below that, and finally a large circular light on the bottom that was presumably the anti-gravitational bullshit machine. But it said it looked like like lava when you looked on in the inside of it. It was weird sort of amorphous kind of energy ballish kind of thing like you saw in the middle of like the, the uh, spacecrafts from uh, Independence Day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And on the top, strangely enough, it had the letters TGIF. <laughs> Interesting. And, yeah. and they just dropped all of those twice-baked potato skins mm. down and they shot into his mouth. And he was like, that's a flavor sensation. <laughs> it is. No, no, as Ed pulled the camera up to take a second picture, the craft moved in an instant and hovered above him. He said at that moment, his body felt like when a crowd sees fireworks and they all breathe, ah. And at that time, Ed what? said, ah. Like when you see a firework? Yeah. Ah. Only when I see a firework, I'm like, it's a war. It's a- <laughs> the war's happening again. Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Not to, uh, not to segue too much away here, but my grandmother used to watch fireworks with us, and she would stand up, run away, and her pants would fall down. I think I've told that story before. Well, yeah, I mean, actually, the, what, what you said is that she stood up, and uh, her pants fell down when she was uh, screaming for you to oh, you know, do well at the basketball game. Her yes. pants fall down all the time. Yeah. <laughs> They, they fell down when she was sitting at the Waldorf. Is it a sexy thing? I don't actually know. I is think that she, just how a trick she learned in Germany, how to please no, the soldiers? No, no, this is, this is the American. <laughs> so she probably learned it in Germany also. So he said the feeling on his body was like when the whole crowd goes, ah, but Ed said... My whole body was screaming, oh! Very good, Kessel. <laughs> Thank you. Now, suddenly, Ed was struck by a blue beam of light. He said it hit him like a compress, slightly squashing him to the ground just enough to keep him from moving. He tried to scream, but he said the sound was hollow and dead like a vacuum. Which I think is really interesting because mm. also he said he went numb. And the way they describe being numb, like, because the various abduction scenarios they talk about when the aliens approach them, their whole bodies will go numb. And it feels like that really hard pain, like when, you're, when your foot goes numb, like full of like the pins and needles. Yeah. And it's all over your body. So yeah. it's really very torturous. Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah. And his whole body went numb except for his head. He said the pressure increased, specifically his brain felt like it was being squeezed not his head internally he said his brain felt like it was being squeezed and the right side of his forehead he said it felt like it had a knife stabbing through to the back of his eye socket sounds like he was being sat on by john panette <laughs> very good john i'm gonna also give you one of these Thank very you. good john, john panette joke. overweight comedian 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that spot, uh, that's where he feels pain over and over again. Oof. For some reason, Henry, is there a reason why that spot in particular? Is it that hemisphere of the brain? That- we could talk about this in detail if you want, but... <laughs> You know what I do want. There's yeah. a follow-up book to the Gulf Breeze sightings book that Ed Walters and Francis Walters wrote to, that's called UFO Abductions in Gulf Breeze. It was also written by Ed Walters and Francis Walters. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we were going to find out is that he has been abducted several times uh, in his childhood. Where like, but that's a whole long story. We're going to find Ooh. anybody who's seen UFO sightings. A lot of times it runs to the family or it's a lifelong scenario. And a lot of that is the phantom pain, if you will, of what happens in countless abduction scenarios where a needle is put up the nose into the brain uh, uh, and there there's no reason why there's none whatsoever uh, i mean if there is one that grays have it and they're not saying anything because yeah. i think it's like the 14th spice on the kentucky fried chicken Ooh, that's top <laughs> it's just secret. something being like if we told you we would ruin the surprise yeah. it's like what's the surprise clack or being like we're making brain soup that's yeah. a terrible surprise it does seem like butt stuff and lobotomies that's all the aliens come down here to do huh? i have a whole theory that I'll go into at some point. All right. Can't wait for that. <laughs> now, Ed estimates that that pain lasted for about 20 seconds until it suddenly stopped just as he was being lifted off the ground. He was finally able to properly scream, after which a voice spoke directly into his brain and said, We will not harm you. <laughs> he said it sounded like Stephen Hawking. Huh. Isn't that something? Please get me out of this chair. <laughs> I can walk. I can walk. Stand me up. I can walk. DK, it is just a prank. I cannot walk. This <laughs> is on the floor. Be like, we thought you were serious. You're Stephen Hawkins. Put me closer to the computer, Mike. I have to shit on pants. <laughs> okay. No, after Ed screamed again, the voice said, Calm down. Will you please calm down? You are freaking me out. I know you are freaked out, but at the same time, you're freaking all of us out, Ted. I don't know if it's offensive or not, but it's a what really good impression. Well, yeah, it's even Hawking. <laughs> no, Ed was then hit with a distinct smell. It was a scent that he described as being a combination of ammonia and heavy cinnamon that scorched and stuck to the back of his throat. And it's also incredibly nauseating. And this what? is a smell that is, yes, it is true. <laughs> cinnamon? Yeah, ammonia and cinnamon. 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 Ammonia and cinnamon? Yes, it is a common smell linked to grace. People talk about this smell of grays as being like burnt cinnamon all the time. There are things that he says that are details that run through other mm. abduction scenarios that have been said again and again and again. There's a great book called Abductions by Dr. John Mack that says the same shit. All of them talk about they smell like cinnamon and it's nauseating and it permeates their clothes. And yeah. so it's weird little things that he picks up all the time. Same time being numbed. Like that is a weird uh, constant thing that the people talk about when being abducted by aliens. Right. I, I just can't stop thinking about the uh, Spice Girls auditions and just some like heavy set dude with huge bush hair in a bikini just be like, I'm ammonia and cinnamon. <laughs> Who wants me in the group? Debbie Mazar looks very different these days. <laughs> now, as Ed struggled further, the voice slowly said, Stop it. <laughs> stop it. You're stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting uh, yourself. <laughs> Why are you hitting yourself? To, again, very true to many abduction scenarios where aliens beg because people are going like, freaking And aliens so they have to be like, stop it, stop it. We need to get you into the ship. We're trying to do something with you. And, you know, everybody wants to just be like, let relax. <laughs> and to which Ed replied, screw you. <laughs> this is fun. I love acting. It's a totally different person. Yeah. That's who I feel like. You when need I to do- be a character. Screw you. Isn't it so much better than being yourself? Yeah, because I didn't actually say screw you. No, Ed, Ed said it. It's <laughs> fun. Yeah, and he said that in a show of bravado that we will all become very familiar with. And it was especially impressive as Ed claims he was now two feet off the ground. Wow. And the voice then switched to a more pleasant female tone, asking him essentially to relax, and an unpleasant hum started to fill his head, which Ed compared to a hand vibrator being pressed against his skull. What's a hand vibrator? Yeah, I was wondering I'd... what a hand vibrator was. <laughs> Is that like one of those like head massager things that were just essentially 
Migraine makers? Your, no, you put it in your pussy. Yeah. I think, oh, yes. I think it's a vibrator that slips onto your hand that you can use to give back massages. Um, it seems like no. there's a lot of back massage products that look a, like dicks. It's 1987. <laughs> Everything was disguised, but it was all about keeping mommy and daddy together yeah. until 1995. They're all sex toys that were invented in the late 80s to keep all of our parents together. Yeah, my mom, well, I'm not going to say it, but there are, it seems like they have balls on them sometimes. They're like, we'll just call it a back massage. It's a back massager in the ball part of it that's it's called a rest that's how you're rested upright oh, I see. <laughs> and then after that something really weird happened inside his head ed started getting visions of dogs Ooh. just dog after dog after dog like pictures in a book and each picture came with unintelligible words written underneath were the dogs talking? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was like Milo and Otis. Oh, my God. It was very cute. Um, honestly, that is connected to a vision that he had. There is a there's a whole other... In the second episode, we'll get into the various abductions that Ed believes happened to him. And the first one, when he was seven years old, involves a dog. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, it does. It's very strange. Hmm. Now, Ed continued to struggle despite the dog pictures, which were presumably meant to calm him down, until mm-hmm. finally the aliens just gave up, turned off the blue tractor beam and dropped Ed from four feet up. And after recovering from the initial shock, Ed collected the Polaroids he'd taken and found his wife, who before anything else, asked him what the hell that awful smell was. Yes, and so she went and washed his clothes immediately, and he was like, oh, 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 I got this new fucking stank-ass weed, girl. The nugs are so (laughs) thick, it makes my eyebrows curl. And she's like, that's great, that's great. You know you have a family still. I I think he should have washed his own clothes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank, that's, that's very progressive, It's not ben. the woman's job to wash clothes. It's the laundry machines. <laughs> <laughs> now, as we're going to see throughout this series, if the Gulf Breeze sightings are real, personally, I think we're dealing with the B-team aliens here because they're don't really seem to be all that good at it. Like, hmm. they never get their tractor beam to work. Half the time, they don't even get the language right. And they get photographed, like, 30 times. I have a theory that counters this. Okay. That I do believe it extends from the hybrid uh, the hybrid program that they're trying to build. I think they have a hard time staying in this reality if, in fact, your idea of a, quote-unquote, conventional alien from a, quote-unquote, distant star system arrived here in a, quote-unquote, sort of air machine. Who are they? I'm talking about the aliens. <laughs> oh, the right? aliens. If you do believe that aliens are from another planet, and they come here in a physical machine, and they abduct us, then that's one thing. Then yes, sure, maybe it's B-Team. Maybe sure. it's the Bad News Bears, and up there, maybe that's where Walter Matthau went when he died. He's on the hale Bob version, but he's surrounded by all these ugly girls. Why'd we, get such, tiny a, little... why'd we get such a grumpy old man up here? You know? <laughs> he's teaching us about love and life. Hmm. But I do believe that a part of the hybrid program, the reason why they're stealing our salmons and our eggs and impregnating our women against our will. Not good. What they're trying to do is they're trying to gain a more strong hold in our reality. They cannot stay in this reality. If they are really, truly interdimensional creatures, what they're doing is raping us and making new versions of us that are more stable here. And so these things come through. It's like looking at um, scrambled cable. Which you, which children that listen to the show also don't understand. Oh yeah, which is the idea that used to be a hovering point between like cable channels if you didn't have them, and sometimes you could see a booby on them if you're looking the Spice on Pornos. Network. Yeah, Spice yeah. is so good. Playboy too. You said the Jenny McCarthy special. Woo! We didn't get Playboy in my in my t- uh, town there. Well, yeah, poor. No, no, uh, Christian. <laughs> good moral people. Uh, oh, that's yeah. what it is. Um, but it's so I think that maybe have something to do with it. We'll get into fur- into this further. So, what do they need the buckets to come for? To make new human slash gray babies that can hold a straw, that can be they can stronger hang out in reality. They can hang, they can okay. hang out. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm just I'm just saying it makes sense so we stop talking about it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You and Natalie do that. Yes, that's good. Well, I think we've learned how to deal with you. <laughs> now, Ed, instead of quietly forgetting the whole thing ever happened, he decided to take the photos to the Sentinel, the local newspaper, but as he was a family man and a local business leader to boot, he decided to submit the photos and the story under the pseudonym 
Mr. X. Well, apparently he also cool. brought them to a young kid named Tommy Smith that will go later. We will find in the debunking part of these of this <clears> series <throat> was like was a part of his quote unquote undoing. Where he said, "Will you go and bring these to the newspaper for me?" And he was like, "No, stop talking to me, you forty year old man." <laughs> <laughs> and he went and he brought them under a pseudonym, saying like, "My friend brought me this 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 to me. Mr. X brought them to me in order to to bring them to you because he knows that I have a connection to Dwayne, who was the editor in chief." Uh, and when those fi- those photos came out, it-, it was like fine. It was like a curiosity. It's fine. I mean, it's a good day for the Sentinel. There's not a lot of what is this South Florida news? Uh, where is a uh, Gulf Breeze? It- is it South Florida? No, it is at the very top of the Panhandle. It's right okay. by Alabama, and it's, it's like we're on the, on the uh, west coast of Florida. Well, the theory uh, the the theory holds true. Not a lot was going on there. No, so the it's Sentinel the was town. thrilled to get these pictures. Oh yeah, well, well enough that they of, would run them. Yeah, it's a town of like six thousand, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty small. Now Ed had been ruminating on the first abduction for about nine days before the aliens came again, and in the meantime, he gotten a little pissed off about the whole deal. This is what he wrote about the half-assed abduction he'd gone through the week before. It had tried to take me against my will. Had someone said, "Hey Ed, want to go for a ride?" I might have agreed to go, but forced me to obey. Lift me off the road, freeze my body solid, treat me like an ant or a dog. No way. Not in this country. It's un-American. It's un-American. <laughs> un-American. And then I was Ed. And now for the for the listeners, I'm Ben. You're a kiss. You see, this is character work. That was yeah. so good. But it's still kind of similar to you still. Like, I mean, this is it's like. almost like I don't know how to act. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, on November 20th at 4.30 p.m., Ed came home, walked in the front door, announced his presence to the household. Hello, family of Americans. <laughs> Let me do it. Hello, family of Americans. Whoa, Ed. <laughs> and he noticed a slight ringing in his right ear, like tinnitus. And the ringing got louder and louder until it turned into a full-on maddening hum, like the hand vibrator, much worse than the one he'd experienced the first time. And again, the right front of his brain was the focal point. And his wife, who had found him struggling to stand up in the kitchen, Uh, held him up. (laughs) And at this point, Ed thought he might be losing it, worried that he had picked up some kind of alien disease or was suffering from what he called, quote, UFO madness. Ooh, that's better than reefer madness. <laughs> Is that what I have? You might be. It could I be. I have literally been reading nothing but alien books for about a month. Yeah. I read both of the Gulf yeah. Breeze books and the Abductions book and another Jacques Vallée book. Am I insufferable? <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's good that you're reading... Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, this is how you always are. Uh, yeah, UFO yeah. madness. Yeah, nothing's, this is no different. Nothing's no. changed. Do you feel like you've like you're different right now than you always are? I feel like I'm like cooler, calmer, more collected. I think people look up to me more. I feel <laughs> that I uh, yeah. I'm an adult. Yeah. So as Ed was pulling himself together, he heard a blast of air like a bus releasing its air brakes. After the noise came the same voice from the first encounter, the male one, but this time it was soft and spoke in what Ed guessed was an African dialect. Mama Africa. Oh my God, is that Peter Dush? (laughs) (laughs) He guessed it was an African dialect. I I love it. It could be speaking fluent Spanish. She's like, that's an African dialect. (laughs) No, the voice would pause, then continue again, as if Ed was only hearing half of the conversation. Boomaclot, boomaclot, boomaclot. Wait, that's Jamaican. What? <laughs> Sounds like an African dialect to me. I don't know. And there's Ed. That's Ed. That wasn't Ben. No, Ed listened as he picked up his camera, walked out to his front yard, and yelled, I hear you, you bastard! <laughs> the voice is a lot. Can you imagine being his fucking neighbors? That's good. The voice stopped, and a rush of air blasted Ed as he looked upward to see a small speck of light fall at high speed towards him. Ooh. The voice started speaking English and said, Be calm. Step forward. And when Ed raised his camera up to take a picture, the voice said, Don't do that. Then the female voice interjected and said, Please don't do that. And then the f- third voice said, Los votos son prohibido. Ah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I spent a week in Puerto Rico. Ah. Ah. Yeah. It rubbed off. I can tell. <laughs> nice. I really wish you could take some of the shoe polish off your skin, Marcus, while you're sitting here on the radio. You can't see this because, of Not course, we're on a podcast. Yeah. yeah. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family 
and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hi, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And fast-growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. Now I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet! Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing! No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. 
You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with your seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. The female voice came back and told Ed that he couldn't expose him, that they won't hurt him, and that they just wanted to run a few tests, to which Ed said, If I want to be examined, I'll let you know! <laughs> this guy is- I want to be examined! <laughs> now I would like to be examined! He's like one step away from getting a leg lamp. <laughs> now, Ed snapped another picture as the UFO shot over to his right, possibly to escape the camera's view, although it's never really clear why they didn't just take Take the goddamn thing away from him if they were so worried about pictures being taken. Mm. And the voice came back and told Ed to step forward so he could be taken aboard, to which Ed said, What gives you the right? And the aliens replied simply, We have the right. And here oh. is where I think it gets kind of interesting. This is interesting. This is an interesting part. point. Now, dog meat. <laughs> and I'll allow you to have it. <laughs> no. It's a point. Yes. Now, let's presuppose for a moment that President Dwight D. Eisenhower did, in fact, sign a treaty with the Greys in 1954, giving them the right to experiment and run tests on Americans in exchange for advanced technology. I don't know whether or not it, if it, I, I will definitely say it did happen. It, the, more of the question is, when was the treaty signed? <laughs> I mean, did they specify only anal and nasal? Now, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. This answers that question. If that is true, then this could be the right that the aliens were talking about, the right to experiment. Furthermore, I'm just spitballing here, it could be that the 1954 treaty was renegotiated sometime in the late 80s to tone down the method of abduction, which is why their methods seem so weak. It could be that with the release of communion the previous year, it could be that the government was finally getting wind of what these aliens were actually doing to American citizens and stepped in to tone down all the butt business. And Oliver North was the one responsible for selling arms to the aliens <laughs> you benefiting not, the Iranians. But honestly, you don't think that J. Edgar Hoover would have been like, I think we could maybe up this butt business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing my skirt, just telling you. Uh, I, I honestly think, but th- this is the, the, the ongoing conversation about UFOs, though, in my mind, with myself, is that it, this is the break between our physical, is it, are UFOs a physical phenomenon or are they completely a psychic phenomenon? If the idea is like a dream logic, that if, if it's really an interdimensional experience, these aliens are maybe right on top of us. They don't come from another fucking star system. They're right here, right? And they're just kind of fading in and out like weird like signals. We've got a nerd alert. We've got a nerd alert. I haven't done that in a long time. But it's the truth. I don't know. I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's about their what words. If Jacques Vallée, <laughs> listen to me. I just listen to Jacques Vallée. Listen to me. I just, this is how you go crazy on a subway maybe, bus. Maybe. Yeah. But I'm recorded now. Technically, we're doing this for money now. Oh, okay. So this is my job now. I don't know uh, if that makes it better or worse. Thank you, everyone, for your support on Patreon. Thank you so much. It allows me to do this. Jacques Vallée read a wrote about the idea that they are a psychic phenomenon. That the whole maybe the whole point of UFOs and the abduction scenarios and the sighting scenarios is that it's supposed to make us question the nature of reality. Mm-hmm. It that is like the inner thing that maybe it's not about aliens or spacecraft or the experiments they do and it's all about what is real and what is not real and that was a thing that we are constantly struggling with as human beings and then it's an example of that so if it's there to make us question the reality who is asking us to question reality ourselves this this conversation is 20 20 more seconds before I blow my fucking brains out right. so are you saying that it is some unconscious aspect of the collective unconsciousness that is asking us to question reality? Yes. Ten seconds to answer. Ten <laughs> seconds to answer. The whole point is that the two ideas are supposed to exist at the same time. You're supposed to consider it a physical actuality and a psychic actuality at the same time. Even though technically they they cross each other, you have to hold both ideas in your mind and that's what reality is. is hovering on the knife point between if I think about it, I make it real, and if I touch it, it is then real. Okay, so I'm just going to wrap it all up with Subway sandwiches. They still have the $5 even though the $5 footlong is $7, they still call it a $5 footlong, and people pay $7 for a $5 footlong. That is 
reality. Let the idea uh, hover in your mind in <laughs> that uncomfortable dissonance of Even reality. Even though it's, a, it's an obvious lie because you're paying $7 for a $5 foot long. Actually, Ben, you do kind of get it. I do get that it. That is that's why I just, And I just brought it back to a Subway football. That's a marketing a fo- lie. Yeah. That is a marketing <laughs> lie, but that's a reality. $5 football. $5 foot longs are $7. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it could be that these are psychic phenomenon. It could be that these guys are working under uh, new... Eisenhower Treaty rules, or it could be that they're working under the old rules. These yeah. guys are trainees. They're not very good at it. They're just still working out the... They're just still working out what it is that they're trying to do. Case in point, when Ed refused to step forward to be taken aboard, the aliens tried the whole image thing once again, like they Look did the with dogs. the dogs. Look, Look at the, the dogs. dogs. Look, Look at the, the dogs. dogs. Oh. But this time... It was naked ladies. Yeah. Whoa. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> hubba, if, that, if that alien became like the strip club, the, if the alien spacecraft became like the strip club from Beetlejuice. Oh, <laughs> horrified. <laughs> I think they should have just done naked dogs. <laughs> shaved, shaved dogs. dogs. <laughs> I love a good shaved dog. They're cute even without the fur. <laughs> that is very true. Or sometimes if they shave the body but leave the head all the oh, That's the baby cut. <laughs> it look like little furry cocks. No, like lions. They look like lions. <laughs> I, I think lions look like big furry cocks. I think everything to you seems like a big cock. Or a pussy. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> so these naked ladies, by Ed's account, covered all the bases. Every type of woman of every race, with some pregnant women thrown in there just in case he was into that. Ragged row. <laughs> That's two, like two ladies. You didn't get me. I like amputees. <laughs> <laughs> now, needless to say, this didn't entice Ed any more than the dogs did. It just freaked him out. Because oh. Ed was still... Struggling, the UFO voice said, We will come for you. And the UFO flew away into the darkness as Ed snapped one more Polaroid picture. Now, by this point, the story in the local newspaper started to gain a little bit of steam. It, had, Of course, it's a small-town thing, so it starts off as a curiosity, and then one guy talks to another guy about it, and then the next guy exaggerates yeah. a little bit more, and the next guy exaggerates a little bit more. And then by this time, the entire town is talking about it. Some guys, you know, of course, some guys are making sex jokes, you know, the whole alien probe thing. Sure. There's even some guys that are saying that it's the work of the devil, that the demons are coming down finally uh, to pass judgment on Earth. Everybody in town had an opinion on it. Well, people are taking pictures. There's, there are other pictures that pop up during this time period. There's other videos of the <laughs> UFOs in Gulf Breeze that pop up during the time period. That's a part of what makes this this Gulf Breeze incident so big in the world of UFOs. Because technically, yeah. yes, it, it quite possibly could be a gigantic mass hallucination of a bunch of people wanting to get in on what is a big, fun, current story. And also it was right next to a naval base, so a lot of these pictures yeah. that people were taking were just regular old airplanes. I mean, or a bunch of people People were seeing this UFO, and then it's just about how you look at it. It depends on what you want, how, what you want out of the story. Yeah. Or it could be uh, that Ed was t- actually did take these pictures, and these pictures are real. But it could be that he was just taking pictures of an experimental aircraft, of course. Uh, and he just kind of filled in the blanks with the whole alien story. I mean, either way, this is the the most exciting conversations that's happened in Gulf Breeze ever since like one kid made it to the majors. Yes, exactly, <laughs> but. Honestly, though, if it is a, if it's an experimental craft, why the fuck is it flying over Gulf Breeze? Because uh, it was right next to the air, naval that base. That makes no sense. <laughs> that does make sense. That's where they would. That's where, that's no, where they would experiment. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of exa- like the Montauk experiment that took place in plain view. Nah, but that's bullshit too. They don't know what that is. It's all in the desert. All of those planes are flying around in the in fucking New Mexico and Arizona. That's where they the, the, all those deep dark secret like Dulce and all that stuff is all happening out there. But what if it's a sea craft and they needed to test it on the then it'll be in the water. <laughs> well, it's got to go out of the water, though, no, sometimes. It what if it's like it's an in, in, in and out of the water? Then it should be. That's aircraft. That's but Air that's, Force. But no, no, no. That's, no actually, that would be uh, uh, the Navy, because the Navy has airplanes, too. I don't think they're going to be running these texts in front of Gulf Breeze. They know all these people, a bunch of yokels with big mouths. <laughs> David yeah. Robinson was in the Navy. He was <laughs> yeah. the center for the Spurs. I remember the Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> so on the night of December 2nd, 1987, 12 days since the second sighting, Ed was woken up in the middle of the night, but by what he thought was his pool pump still running in his backyard. And as he fell back asleep, deciding to just take care of it in the morning, Ed heard the sound of a baby crying. I don't like in the book, he's just like, baby crying? We don't have a baby. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> now, along with the baby, Ed also heard voices, but soon realized that once again, the voices were coming from inside his own head. The voices were speaking Spanish, which... 
Ed had learned from living in Costa Rica for four years. Part of his weird checkered past is that they just, for some reason, they lived in Costa Rica for three years. The way they said it is that they wanted to, like, take in the sights of Costa Rica or take a break from yeah. the America for a while, which in my head means they were hiding from something. No. A lot, a lot of people take breaks yeah. in Costa Rica. Organic farming and things like that. Yeah. I don't think Connect that disqualifies Francis a little bit. Now, the voices that he heard, a male and a female, were unaware that Ed was tuned in. And he said that it sounded as if they were coming through a blown-out speaker. Now, for Ed's part, he was now on the floor next to the bed. But this time, he wasn't defenseless. He, like any good American, now had a gun within arm's reach wherever he went. Well, they, after the second sighting, he went. He loaded up his whole fucking house. He yeah. went and he bought new ammo. Good. He bought a bunch of new guns. He was saying, he was like, if these aliens are going to come and get me, next time, I'm going to put a fucking bullet in their head. That's funny, because then we're like, we come in peace, then you're like, and you'll leave in peace. <laughs> now, his bedtime gun was a 32 caliber pistol that he kept by his nightstand, a gun that he, at that moment, reached up from the floor and grabbed. By this time, his wife, Frances, had woken up and was now down on the floor with him. And again, the slight rush of air came, and the low hum began, signaling that another encounter was about to take place. And Ed, not having learned his lesson yet, started to crawl on his knees towards his front door, gun in hand, with his wife following behind on her hands and knees as well. She wakes up to him being like, where? He's fumbling around, grabbing the gun. She has no idea what's going on. He's like, come with me. She's following him into right. the kitchen with a gun. After he's been rambling <laughs> he's got the, UFOs. He's got the gun, yeah. Yes, they have not, she has not seen these UFOs yet. Up she's going this point, along with it. Yes, and that is a good partner. Yeah. I agree. She's an amazing wife. I mean, he's acting like that character from The Burbs. <laughs> Do you remember that, Marcus? This whole story yeah. is The Burbs, and we're going to get into that at the end of this episode. <laughs> Now, Ed opened the front door and crawled out onto the porch. Francis understandably stayed behind to watch his back. And Ed shout-whispered at their dog, Crystal, who was an overprotective spitz who barked with the slightest provocation but was mostly silent during the alien encounter. Crystal! So- <laughs> Crystal! Crystal, buddy! Crystal! 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 Do your shit! Crystal, get up and do some shit! And the neighbor just peeks through the blinds and be like, the Walters are at it again. <laughs> He's just outside screaming like, ah, come and get me, you bastard. Uh, and Crystal with a gun, <laughs> waving around their gun in the fucking back porch at night, screaming at his dog. Honey, what's Ed doing? Eh, he's waving the gun around in the sky. Well, as long as he's got a hobby. <laughs> That's fine. Now, as he was doing that, and the dog, for some reason, refused to wake up. But the dog was definitely still alive. Good. The it, dog was fine. It reminds me of uh, from uh, What About Bob? When he's trying to win, when Richard Dreyfuss is trying to wake up up before the TV interview, yeah. and then the alarm goes off, he's like, oh, hey. <laughs> and now I like, as you get older, you realize Richard Dreyfuss' character was right that whole time. He was uh, totally Bill Murray's right. crazy. Bill Murray is a dangerous psychopath. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so after that, a soft glow came out of the darkness directly overhead, going from the size of a dime to about half the size of his pool, and only two seconds. And this goes to the weird cartoonish reality that happens with these sightings and when people talk about close encounters with aliens and UFOs. That he said it reminded him of a Looney Tunes cartoon because mm-hmm. it was like, and yeah. it just like showed up right in front of him, like popped. It's hmm. kind of fun. Yeah. Strange. And his wife saw this also. Yeah. So his- this is the first time they've both seen it together. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Ed hauled ass back into the house, slammed the door shut, and locked it. The UFO voice commanded Ed to step forward, but instead of obeying, Ed grabbed his camera from the kitchen and went back outside. The way he keeps saying step forward, it just sounds like he's at the DMV. Right. (laughs) And once he got outside, he just kept running from like windscreen to windscreen like he was a secret agent holding a camera and a gun. God, he's having a great time. This is so much fun. He is having a blast. Because, you know, in the burbs, Tom Hanks was having so much fun that whole time. I mean, he's scared, but it's nice to feel something besides pure boredom. Yeah, it's it's nice that he's just not a contractor anymore. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, he is a UFO hunter. Suddenly, he is very special. And that is also, you know, like I've seen people bring up that point before UFO researchers uh, that you know, you may ask, like, why would someone like Ed Walters, who's a, a family man, he's 40 years old, he's got two kids, he's a contractor, he's got a good job, he's got a, a pretty good life, why would he make this up? Right. And it's pretty much the same thing how... It's like, like when truck kid, drivers and moms get into doing crystal meth. Yeah, or more innocently, uh, when <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like when a, a little kid uh, likes to fantasize that they're adopted. The, just, their, you, their parents aren't their real parents, their parents are a king and queen somewhere. It's adding sure. drama 
to a life to a boring life very very yeah. boring it's it's exciting and you know like i think with all these alien um you know abduction stories the the truth is these people really do uh they they react as if it's real so uh, uh is you, it you we'll know? see how this he does get pretty goddamn scared yeah he does so ed wants Outside, going from windscreen to windscreen, he finally found the right one and took picture number 10 as the craft's bottom light turned from mm. white to orange before the UFO once again disappeared into the night. Now, Ed finally realizing that the noise he thought was the pool pump was actually the UFO hum, he went through the house and unplugged any appliance that might give off any hum whatsoever. The fridge, the aquarium pump, the central heater, everything. Because Ed knew... That the hum, every time he heard it, an encounter was about to happen. Now, also remember, he's got mm. two young kids in the house, seventeen and ten. They're yeah. watching his their father lose their his fucking mind. Yeah, he's yeah. acting right? like a schizophrenic. And also, he is telling them about this shit. They don't know about what's going on. Like he's trying to keep it quiet, but in a way that he wants everybody to know that he's going through shit. He's like mm. very publicly. In the middle of his house, being like, my brain, like, in front of his children. It is 10 and 7, uh, 10 and 17. You know, the 17-year-old is frantically filling out college applications. <laughs> Just, like, so desperate to get out. And the 10-year-old's like, home is pretty cool. Yeah. You know? But I like the, home. the 17-year-old, he actually gets in on it. He he starts joining his father of and course. thinks it's, it is a great time. Well, yeah. Well, they're going to find that after the fact. Because now the whole town, including their high school, is buzzing with these UFO fucking, all these UFO rumors. Ed is technically not yet named as the guy who's the center of all these UFO sightings are, but it's kind of getting known that yeah. that is what's happening because there, people are right. seeing his weird behavior everywhere. Yeah, there's like three people who know. And there are people starting to notice that like when they bring up the UFOs to Ed, he just changes the subject. He's the only guy in town who doesn't want to talk about but it. But at the same time, he's leaving that Sentinel, the copy of the Sentinel, he leaves it in his truck. When he drives from contract place to contract place, he's showing people the article. Have you read this? It's very strange because yeah. it's like he wants to be hidden, but also he likes the importance yeah. of being the center of the UFO sightings. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So that same night, just a few hours later at 3.30 a.m., Crystal finally did her goddamn job and barked, but just once... Enough to wake up Ed. Now, <laughs> yeah, and the, and the single bark, that was what alarmed him, because Spitzes, they're barky little fuckers. Let's hear an example of a Spitz freaking out over a squirrel. And this is just a squirrel. This isn't even a fucking alien crack. It's this not. is part of the crack research that your Patreon money, again, I want to thank you, it pays for it, and we want to thank you for it. <laughs> Ugh. It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but imagine just one of those, like this. Oh, God. It's like, if, it just reminds me, it's the, it's the verbal equivalent of just loose leaf paper. Yeah. If, if loose leaf paper could make a noise. It's like the dog from The Grinch That Stole Christmas. Cute oh. dog. Cute dog. Good movie. So the noise of the single bark told Ed that something was up. So he took his pistol and his camera and went through the French doors that go from the master bedroom to a screened-in right. porch that overlooked the pool. That's very common in Florida. It's called a lanai. Now, am I yeah. accurate in describing his what he's wearing as white underwear? Yes, yes. Uh, white sure. socks, <laughs> yep. a beard yep. like Randy Quaid. I imagine he's wearing like one of those like it's Miller time shirts. Right. And he's got short shorts on and, and weird Adidas's. <laughs> no, most of the time he is in his underwear. <laughs> he does talk about really this quite a, a bit. Give, and I imagine stocky sort of thick thighs. Yes. Yeah. He's a contractor. So Ed walked out into the porch, pulled the draw cord on the blinds and staring at him through the glass was a four foot tall gray. He was wearing a dark, grayish, black box-like thing that hid most of his body. He was also wearing a helmet with a clear insert that revealed big black eyes. And in its hand, the alien held a glowing silver rod. Oh, I thought you were going to say a copy of The Sentinel. <laughs> Have you read the paper? I made the big time. Uh, the, uh, this is actually very common also, again, with greys. A lot of times they are seen wearing little outfits. We have now in, in communion, the, the, when people made the movie of communion, they always appear, they always make aliens to be nude for some reason. Mm. But in actuality, these greys are oftentimes seen with either silver little jumpsuits on or fun little capes. But his have little boxy armor on and white hair. So it's sort of like their version of FUBU. 
for okay. us by us. You know what? Yeah, because yes. in my head it was American Apparel. Oh, because, okay. But then I imagine it's just an alive. 17-year-old, maybe 18-year-old alien female with bush hair sticking out of the side of his costume. We'll, do, we'll go with Uniqlo. <laughs> now, upon seeing it, Ed naturally screamed and fell backward, but the alien didn't react, nor did the alien react when Ed pointed the pistol at him. Ed said the creature only stared at him with sad, curious eyes. And that was also when the MUFON investigators later, later showed up to start helping them investigate these UFO sightings. They said that was one detail that Ed said specifically about this alien sighting that they, th- they thought made it real, was he said that the eyes were very wet-looking. <sighs> Is it possible it was just a Boy Scout? <laughs> oh. just what if he was just an Asian Boy Scout? He's very <laughs> racist. Might be. <laughs> now, the scream woke up Francis, who also swears to seeing the alien in the flesh. But the creature, instead of coming in or signaling any greeting whatsoever, simply turned to the left and walked out of the couple's view. This made Ed angry. In his usual indignant manner, Ed got up from the floor to unlock the deadbolt and passage lock to chase after the creature so he could tell him what for. <laughs> Thing was, Ed said it was impossible for him to open both locks without using both hands, Uh so he set down the gun and the camera to do so, but forgot to pick up either one before going after the creature, which is why he has pictures of the craft, but not pictures of the creature. That's a crucial moment there. That's yeah, it was a mind- definitely, it was That's definitely a, a buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> a buzzer shot that he fucked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Get that yeah. camera out there. Yeah, so Ed ran out onto the porch with the intention of capturing the creature to do God knows what with it, but as he approached the alien, the blue beam came back in a flash from the sky and froze Ed's right leg. The beam then began to lift Ed off the ground leg first up towards the craft which had suddenly appeared 50 feet above him and Ed thinking quickly grabbed onto the screen door jam and Francis who was watching the whole thing from the French doors grabbed Ed's arms and pulled until he was finally free the beam disappeared the UFO hovered away and the creature skittered out through the chain link fence so- literally they said it walked like Mac and me that goes like oh yeah out the fence but he said they, they got back in the house they look about the window and they watch it go like the ufo went zip up zip bounced out to a field that was like past their house out on the middle field they watched the thing go (laughs) blue beam shot down he grabbed the polaroid camera took picture of it and that's where the infamous picture of his with the alien craft the blue beam kind of come out of the side of it that he that that is where he took that picture after the fact so i mean i don't understand how weak these beams are he's out there acting like a drunk rock cat he's got one leg up in the air (laughs) the neighbors have to be like what's ed doing it looks like he's not sober again and then he and then he finally takes the picture. How, how is the beam so weak it can't lift up this one person? I am, B team. I am saying that that is the it hovers in and out of what is real to us. That is a it is a hard it's the hard beam? to say everything involving the incident. It's like a dream. It's like a living dream. They don't know what to do with it. So it's like it may be not seen by other people. You're literally just watching maybe hang upside down without I seeing anything so. else. If you're looking at it from the outside, there are very few people who have seen abdu- abductions actually happen. There's a little bit of like people have seen people floating out of buildings, but that's also of course heavily debunked all the time because then you just believe in somebody's crazy word over your word and everybody else is n- not as crazy as everybody else. <laughs> You know what? You have lost your mind. (laughs) Now, three days later, the aliens showed up in a different craft, similar to the first, but much larger. This is when the aliens finally decided to give Ed their own little pet name for him. They called him Zihas. Yeah. That's a way cool name. Yeah, Yeah. dude. Now, there's some... It's like the name of the kid that was was the heart on Captain Planet. Hmm. What was his name? Malaki? (laughs) I don't remember. Captain Planet was propaganda. (laughs) I I, I hated that show from day one. Fair and balanced. (laughs) Now, there is some speculation as to why the aliens chose the name Zihas. The one that makes the most sense is that Zihas... I don't know if this makes the most sense. Actually, this does make the most sense because the aliens, you know, they were speaking Spanish. I don't know know if they they were speaking Spanish. Well, it's possible. This is the most plausible one, I think. And if Ed made it up himself, then it's fairly clever. Like, the most sense that Zihas makes is that Zihas is close phonetically to... Zihas. But I believe it's Sehas. No, it's Sihas. Does it mean one with shit in his underwear? <laughs> no, it means eyebrows. Yeah. Oh. And Ed had very prominent eyebrows. 
Good. Very good <laughs> creative name. Yeah, it's itself. very great. Yeah, and if Ed it came up like with a, a Dick Tracy villain name that they <laughs> yeah, had it, for him. It really does. Oh, <laughs> eyebrows down there like it's a like roast mode. So what's yeah. your arch villain power? Don't got one. <laughs> yeah. I, I can look like I'm being mysterious. <laughs> That's a good yeah. power to have. Yeah, and if Ed came up with it, like I said, it, you know, it's pretty clever. And I also got to say, like, even if this whole thing is, even if Ed made up this entire thing, Ed and Francis, they made it up together, it's one hell of a story. It's very fun. Like, it's a really fun story. And Ed, you know, he ain't a half bad writer. But either way, Ed said that the aliens showed up again in the middle of the night, told him, do not resist. Stay where you are. We will not harm you, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty standard alien stuff. But this time, they added something new. You are in danger. And to this, Ooh. Ed responded by pointing his pistol at the UFO and saying, Come and get me! <laughs> Come and get me! Come to America! God, I love Ed. And again, that was Ed. That's <laughs> Come you. and get me! <laughs> so there was a flash, and the UFO left once more, and we'll be back next week with Squirty Liquid, Terror on the Highway, and the boys from MUFON on part two of the Gulf Breeze Sightings. Part two of the Gulf Breeze Sightings is definitely the burbs. you got a bunch of idiots all like bumbling around a small Florida town chasing after UFOs. It's a lot of fun. If it's not real, who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, and uh, you can thank us for putting the word Squirty Liquid, Terror on the Highway into your brain for the first time ever. But squirty I, Liquid. Just remember, that, but I really do think that this is a story. Like You can completely believe that all this is fake. If yeah. you want to, you can believe the pictures are fake. You can. If you want to keep your job, you won't talk about it at work. You won't do <laughs> that. But a part of the UFO phenomenon, which is does keep me up at night, which is the the hovering between what is real and what is not real. Like if someone believes that they are abducted, does that make it less real than if they were not actually abducted? But if they still have the symptoms and the memories of being abducted, then it, technically it happened. Good point. Now, who knows? We've had many I'm just a cab say good point, okay? Because we have to stop the thing. I just think about it all the time. Just, all the time. We need to really, we have to, we should just do one day where we just talk and don't mention aliens. We'll just <laughs> do that. We'll do it tomorrow. It's the New most, Year's it, Eve. It's literally the most important it's, well, discussion topic of all time. And no tough. one wants to talk about it because they're too afraid of getting too close to the truth. Maybe it's not real. It might not be real. Uh, God. We, <laughs> talked, we talked about our credit scores before the show. We did. But, and those are also Made up. Made up. But, you know, at least a little bit But more then real. we have to consider them real, right? Yes, it's we like do. It's like the That's money. Point. Money's the same exact way. Yeah, but they're we like, to hold they're like calculations and like figures. But that's just because that's how long we have to believe they're, in the lie. We've been believing yes. the lie for so long that now it's real. Same thing with aliens, you fucking idiots. <laughs> okay, well, now you're being insulted. Now yeah. you've become yeah, full yeah, circle now, insulted. Now, now it's like, now, now you're now, one now, of those you're people. You're putting me in a corner. Ad hominem. We're, we've reached ad hominem. Nothing makes me more dangerous than being placed in the only way I, the only way out is fighting. <laughs> yes, that's, that's right. No, in no way are you going to go down a rabbit hole that you won't be able to get out of and your career will take a turn for the worst. Um, okay, so this is good. <laughs> that was this episode. I can't wait for Golf Breeze Part 2. Fascinating stuff. Um, all right, so let's do, uh, what do we do now? We, we say thank you for listening and yeah, things like we thank, that. Yeah, we say thank you for listening. Thanks so much to everybody who uh, gave to our Patreon. Uh, remember, if you give to our Patreon, uh, even $1, every single person who gives to our Patreon gets first crack at almost every live show that we do. And man, we have a ton of live shows coming up in the new year. Yep. We have a live show almost every single weekend until April. Uh, so so we're not, we're actually not allowed to announce officially uh, what dates are coming up, but January 4th is when we're going to announce the vast majority of them. So if you join the Patreon, then you will be able to get tickets a day early, which is a big advantage because Every show that we've done so far uh, has sold out. Every yeah. single one. So you want to get your tickets early, and if you give at least a dollar to our Patreon, you get access to those tickets. And if you give more than a dollar, there is a ton of bonus stuff that you get. Patreon.com slash last podcast on the left is where you do that. Thank you guys so fucking much for giving to us. It yeah. is truly, we have truly got to a life-changing point here. Uh, Thank also, you so much. And we are adding, we are changing the format of our live show, and Boston is going to get the first run of that yeah. as an experiment, and I'm excited. Now, Boston is January 6th, correct? Boston 
Boston is January 7th. January 7th. Yeah, so. we've, we've got Boston, January 7th. CaveComedyRadio.com slash live is where you can find all of those tickets. And these live shows are such a fun communal event. Everyone gets together and we just get to hang out in each other's company. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really nice. And it's uh, it's so fun to talk to you guys after the show. And, and no one's attempted to shoot one of us in the head yet. Don't Not- even throw that idea out there. <laughs> That's what I always say. Oh, and speaking of heads, I want to thank, I did not get to personally thank the person who gave me the conjoined baby twin heads oh, yeah. uh, in uh, Seattle. So thank you so much. Whoever it was, I don't know your name, but thank you so much. Uh, it is going to be a, a centerpiece in uh, mine and Carolina's new apartment. I and cannot wait. I thanked really nice. him on uh, Abling's Top Hat this week, but I want to thank Mr. Weber for giving me the Vladimir Putin calendar for 2017. Aww. It's very nice. And uh, thanks so much for supporting all the shows here on CCR. We're doing great. Uh, Abling's Top Hat, Abling's Top Hat for everything politics, Roundtable of Gentlemen, page seven for all your entertainment needs. Uh, let's see, sex and other human activities. If mm-hmm. you want to hear Henry's sister talk about sex Ugh. and other human activities. It is mostly a mental health advice it's podcast. It's changed yes. quite a bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jackie's activities have changed. Oh, thank God. But of course. Um, and I like to thank Ellie and Steph in, in uh, Portland who helped save our ass when we left. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Kissel, because you no, were in no, a different was, frame of mind. No, I was seeing we aliens. Bag, we left a bag in their car. They came back and helped us. Oh, that was, that very, was nice. very sweet. Yes. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. And I've also got a new project going on over on Spotify. I can't do the Lucky Bone Show anymore. I don't have time. But I am doing weekly playlists on my Spotify. It's called the Lucky Bone List. Uh, yeah, yeah I know. It's weird. I know, right? Uh, so we're good. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that every single week. Uh, and uh, yeah, go follow me on Spotify to get those playlists. Well, yeah, thank you for carrying my drunk body home. Yeah, that was fun. That was nice. You were very good and you were very thankful. I have to be thankful because they... they Got us to our hotel. Yes. It was very nice. Uh, Hail Satan. Um, follow us on stupid Instagram at LP on the left. Follow me on Instagram at Dr. Fantasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter at Henry Loves You. Also, I'm at, yeah, I'm at Ben Kissel on Instagram. Uh, no, Ben Kissel one on Instagram. Ben Kissel on Twitter. Marcus Parks is Marcus Parks for everything. And then at LP on the left for everything for us as well. That's correct. Hail yourselves. Hail, so I said Hail Satan. Hail Gein. Magustalations. Hail me. How is this the hardest part for us? <laughs> I don't know what's happened. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O dot C-O.